Let's go. So, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to Dying Trade Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Dr. Paul Hokemeyer, psychotherapist, writer, wonderful, wonderful human being. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. It's good to be together. Thank you so much. We were just talking before before we go to rolling. Uh, we networked, you know, through Instagram. I was lo- I was looking for wonderful people and inspirations um, to look to and to speak to, and I couldn't have found a better individual. You know, first of all, I want to congratulate you for a fragile power. I mean, that book is phenomenal. I've seen a lot of the reviews about it. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna make some time. After I finished the books, I'm really now I'm going to read it. I'm really excited. I want to ask you now that we're approaching that two-year mark. The leading events leading up to you writing this book, where did that come from? Um, you know, all of the work I think that has meaning in the world is autobiographical, and so for me, growing up in America, I'm American, and as you can tell by my accent, and uh, I. I was, you know, born into a world that says that money and power and success are the keys to the kingdom. And if you have those three things, then all will be right in the world. And I quickly discovered that wasn't the case. And so really, the book is a function of my struggle with those three things, money, power and success. And then as a psychotherapist, I was able to work with both sides of the power economic spectrum. I work with highly marginalized individuals and highly successful peoples, and I mm-hmm. found that the field of mental health had not done a very good job about mm-hmm. delivering clinically competent mental health services to address people who live in the world of power, and we see the loss and the carnage um, daily. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's beautifully said. You know, when you look at this book and what it's done, it has been very widely well received. You know, um, you which you did you study? You studied psychotherapy, psychology at university. I've studied a lot of things. Yeah, okay, uh, so, <laughs> so, so I, I tend to have an existential crisis in my life when I go back to school. Well, I'm running out of degrees. I'm not running out of existential crises. <laughs> I, I uh, was an economics major in college, okay. and I became a lawyer. I was a lawyer, and then I worked for Greenpeace International in Amsterdam, and September 11th happened, and I really wanted to make more meaning out of my life. And so I went back to school, moved back mm-hmm. to America, and did a master's degree in clinical psychology, mm-hmm. and then I earned a PhD mm-hmm. in psychology, where I really focused on working with people of wealth and power. That was my dissertation mm-hmm. study. And at my last existential crisis came came in the wake of COVID-19 and so I'm about to enter a fellowship at Harvard Medical School in the fall amazing, so uh, I, I keep saying that I'm, I, this is it this is it this last this is my last educational <laughs> pursuit but never say never here, when I someone guess, asks right? that question it's just like a like you just get like uh, it just broke your like windows shutting down PC that's hilarious because seeing you write such a powerful book, having some, you know, with such impact and enjoyment, the value is very well rated, you know, this book. And I know it might not always be the biggest thing, what the audience thinks, you know, a lot of art and creativity, you know, you do for yourself, but it's wonderful to know that the masses enjoy it. You know, when what your process of writing, you know, I would love to get more of insight on that because psychology, there is a lot of essays, I assume, some friends that might have told me, um, you know, a lot of writing, a lot of research, a lot of essays. Do you think that really 
did that really benefit you when you came to writing a book or did you have to take in completely new skills a lot more practice to do that well, writing is a craft, isn't it? It's an art, and mm -hmm. so it requires practice. And so fortunately, throughout my academic career, I was a writer, you know, law school, and then I did a judicial clerkship, and I wrote there. And so writing has always been my art mm -hmm. and my creative outlet. And so the book had a number of iterations. I mean, the yeah. book was probably seven years in the making. There were wow. different iterations. I would take it out to the universe, and the universe mm -hmm. would come back and say, we want something salacious. We want more details about your patients. And I was like, that, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So, so I would take my book back. And I actually, I consider her my daughter. The title is Fragile Power, and I call her Franny. Mm -hmm. So I'm very protective of her and, and who, her mates and mm -hmm. how, she, how she comports in the world. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah, you know, that there's, there's a real push to have a commercial success and to do that mm -hmm. to be create something salacious and that's just not you know i believe that we need to do a much better job of honoring the dignity of every single every single human being who walks on this planet regardless of the labels mm -hmm. that we put on them i think that's one of the reasons why we have such division in our world because we we get fixated on these labels of others and my work pierces those labels of others to attach to the human being that resides mm -hmm. underneath of them. And, and one of the ways I think that we can do that, one of, the, one of my goals as a human being and as a professional is to unite people through issues of mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're having a huge, in addition to having a, a, a pandemic in terms of COVID, we're also having a pandemic in terms of anxiety in particular mm -hmm. um, in this world. And and so in people like you, thank you for mm -hmm. stepping up and having an awareness of the issues of mental health. And it's your generation that's actually going to create some real healing and solutions around this. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Oh, it really means a lot. You know, there's so much to learn. You know, you can never learn enough. Like, uh, I don't know who said this, but it's like when you think you know everything, like you just don't, you know, you never do, man. You absolutely never do. And having a platform right. to share these, you know, issues and these wonderful topic ideas is important. Like I find incredible enjoyment to talk to people that I admire. And when I see someone like such as yourself promoting wonderful, you know, teachings and values and putting your career, you know, I, I am highly interested in, in, in ther therapists and therapy. I attend therapy myself, I started last year last year because you know the pandemic was a major factor upon that and since then i've been really getting more into i've been reading more you know carl Jung and freud and you know you see one of the the big boys there jordan pearson you know what do you think about this rise of psychology in the media this awareness people like joe rogan and uh, jordan pearson these guys have shot psychology into the mainstream and looking after yourself and opening right. your eyes a little bit what do you think about that whole new wave well i think necessity is the mother of invention isn't it and so i think that we have a huge hunger in our world right now to create meaning out of chaos and i think that covid showed us very clearly that the membrane between health and illness between order and chaos mm -hmm. is very thin and that's one of the things that peterson speaks about so brilliantly is the chaos mm -hmm. that exists in our world and 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 how do we manage that chaos and so so i think these voices are are profoundly and important 
profoundly important. Mm-hmm. Um, Brene Brown is another good example of somebody who's really hit the mainstream, mainstream and whose work has such a profound resonance in the world. So I think that the work is their voices are critically important. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they're not afraid of dissension, that they're not afraid of pushback because it's in that pushback that we're able to forge a new meaning and a new identity. So um, I don't know. I think I, I'm very pleased that the that the universe is supporting the work in the way that it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a, it's it's very. I can imagine it's a beautiful thing to see something that you know wasn't as you know because it's it's something that benefits everyone. It's not like this certain things that work for certain people like yes some people don't you know we want to go to therapy whether it, be, whether it be past experiences or you know in terms of just not really under, you know not really wanting to it's absolutely fine that's completely okay but seeing more and more young men especially because i am a man i relate to i relate to men you know seeing more young men be speak up and be vocal about the issues that they're facing that we are facing is very very powerful it is it it makes my day. I mean, Jordan always talks about how at least once a day, if he goes out, he gets stopped, he's saying how he's changed people's lives. I mean, that that's an amazing thing. And knowing that you've also done that yourself as a psychotherapist, as an author, you affected people tremendously. You know how how does that feel when you you said on the from the September 11th attack? That's what sparked. Was that the the, the light switch for you? That happened and that was in your brain this is up here i need to do right right was, was that the time for you well it was this profound sense of vulnerability it was this profound sense of feeling out of control it was this profound sense of this force um that was having a very you know there was a, a deadly force that mm. that there was anger and hostility and division in our world and so being called to try to heal some of that division um in a way that has a resonance, in a way that has, you know, that, that speaks to me. You know, I work, I don't really work, I work more on a smaller scale. And yeah. so the heart of my work is the connection between two human beings. And Jung spoke about that so brilliantly yeah. when he said that if the therapist isn't changed by the therapeutic encounter, then then there isn't really any good work that's being done. And so yeah. so I, I definitely feel that I am, my being is the tool that I bring into the psychotherapeutic process, to the therapy mm-hmm. process. And um, being humble, which is not a trait that we particular that we honor in the West, mm-hmm. right? And particularly among men, men, you know, where humility is not something to be celebrated or embraced. And, and you spoke about this very early in our conversation about this need to be teachable. And that's what humility is about. It's about, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm like you said and 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 being able to to be humble and being able to sit with with uncertainty yeah and there's an extraordinary amount of uncertainty in the therapeutic relationship you know you have two human beings coming together and and the uncertainty inherent in that is extraordinary mm-hmm. so um it's a gift i feel that it's i've been blessed with an incredible privilege to be able mm-hmm. to sit with other human beings so yeah that's that's beautiful you know young is the person that i have studied the most you know i'm very early into reading psychology and i, I read uh it's it's the, the basics of young by ruth williams 
you know, because I was speaking to my therapist about getting more into it, and he said, you have to be careful because, you know, the Red Book, for example, when people look at Kai that's the book they refer to, but, and I was going to actually buy them, my therapist was like, don't buy that. It's like, you know, have you, you, you know about it? Like, it's, it's so, it's not an easy book to read at all. The explanation alone had me just starstruck. Like, you know, it, it's him, it's telling these stories through his dreams. Like, what, what is actually the book, in summary, what it's about? It's about his dreams. So it was a journal of his dreams. And yeah. so Jung was very much into symbols and metaphors. My favorite book, I would encourage you to read, Young book is Man's... Um, no, mean uh, symbols. Something symbols. I'm thinking of Man's Search for Meanings, but that's yeah. that's not. That's a different book. Um, uh, it'll come to me when I okay. when I yeah. think around it. But it's it's meaning symbols, meanings, and whatever. And it just talks about how he looked for uh, information. He looked for data in the collective unconsciousness and symbols and archetypes and how things are transcend cultures and, mm-hmm. and um, times times so um, so so his work is, is is a little it's a little elevated it's a little heady it's yeah. it's um, it's not it's not direct <laughs> that's yeah, for sure yeah. <laughs> I was first getting so, into sort of like philosophy psychology and I remember one of the first books I actually picked up you know it was it was it was, a, it was Epicurus Epicetus it was um, Art of Happiness because I you know, like I read that book, and it's it's so difficult to comprehend because it's written in such a I don't even know how to describe it, but it's not direct at all. It goes into literal atoms and breakdown of atoms and molecules, and that slowly transform the transformation from that into humans and feelings and emotion. It's very very complex. I got about fifty pages. I was like, fuck this! Like I don't understand. Like people, for example, like Mark Manson and Ryan Holiday. Those were also the people I started with, and that helped me gain a lot more knowledge. I think it was Fragile Power. You you compare you used the rich and wealthy as your case studies as your examples, correct? That's right. Because I've also Ryan Holiday. Have you have you read? Um, is he did a book that was? Uh, oh god, it's got a black and white cover, and it's the same. So he will take examples and, and you learn from the rich and wealthy's lifestyles. You know, using their case studies helps a lot to relate because you know about Tiger Woods and, you know, Kanye West, all these highly successful people. But it's better if you learn from them instead of just looking at them and being envious and being just, you know, not enjoying it, not liking it. You know, I see that a lot. You know, people being more and more cynical. You know, where do you think that comes from? People just more and more people being cynical, especially the younger generations. I just think it comes from the division. I think it becomes this because, you know, the, the younger generation in particular are inheriting and, you know, a, a, not a very bright future, right? If we look, I mean, I believe in global warming. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we're, our planet is being destroyed as we're yeah. watching. Um, I think that we're looking at the division between the haves and the have-nots that's growing wider and wider and wider um and so that those are data points that we can look at and i think that while the internet has enabled us to create extraordinary connections i mean look at what we're doing here you're in Mm -hmm. london and i'm in a little mountain town in colorado and so so there's extraordinary amount of connection there's also an extraordinary amount of division that we've been siloed into um 
camps of have of, of haves and have nots and 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 us in them and and i think that that because of the algorithms like on my facebook page i i never really see anything that would challenge my thought perceptions mm-hmm. right it's all data that i've clicked on and then i get more of that data yeah. um and we have the media incredibly divided i do think that things like this like your generation who are taking the media back in their own hands and creating their own media channels is mm-hmm. critically important um but i think that 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 there's been a lot of ideological division based upon party lines you know like people who don't believe in the science of climate change people who don't believe in the science of vaccines people who you know and we look at there's been a radicalization that's occurred in america there's been a we've we've had a political radicalization that's occurred in terms of the far left and the far right and you know and and so we just keep on getting further and further Mm. away and so that's why i think talking about issues of mental health critically important because yes. i guarantee you that people on the far left and the far right both suffer from anxiety so let's talk about that anxiety right let's have community yeah. and, and conversations around that yeah i mean it's a very very complex question because it's a lot of ways that you can answer this but in this do you think that this division is something that it is just well, on the surface it's like this but deep down everything is actually not that bad Oh, it is actually not very good right now. And what can we do to, to, to combat this and to work together more like as a collective unit? I think it's bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I, went, I went through, <laughs> I went through a phase, we call it denial. Yeah. I went through a phase of denial. For, Title of the for podcast, boo. <laughs> you did a podcast on denial. <laughs> <laughs> where I was like, well, it's always been bad. And, you know, we're just more aware of the badness now because we're so hyper connected. And yes, it's always been bad. I mean, look, you know, there's a yin and the yang, right? There's chaos and order. There's always a balance between. We don't live in utopia. We live on, we live on planet Earth. Um, but I do feel that, you know, what we're seeing happen in terms of you know climate change for instance mm. the world is burning up we've had we have temperatures that that are unprecedented um yeah you know we have we have shifts in population we have there is there is it is it is it is it is bad politically our democracy in america was under threat um and so i think that there will be an there is will be an awakening look human beings are adaptive the reason why we've been around for so long is because we know how to adapt and we know how to survive and we're called to survive mm-hmm. and i think that there is an awakening i hope now with covid that people have spent an enormous amount of time with self and thinking about things and and the fragility of of, of, of our relationships and our health and so the thing the the issue becomes how do we create a a place to to to, to create unity yeah. where can we create unity we had, there's a plenty of places where we can create division and this is why i think issues such as mental health i think the importance of family mm-hmm. i think religious and spiritual traditions are important look mm-hmm. everybody regardless of your place on the economic spectrum or regardless of your place on the political spectrum want to have relationships of integrity mm-hmm. you want to you want to have a sense of place you want to be seen and heard and you want to have minimal amounts of anxiety in your life those things transcend 
everything. Yeah. So so I think that 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 creating places and platforms and conversations where we can engage and, and create awareness around these things is is where we will we will, where we can begin to create some unity and some connection that moves us as as individuals and species in a reparative direction. Yeah. Which is what we're called to do organically. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that feeling helping people feels good. I've said this multiple times. I've I've seen this and read this multiple times. The Dalai Lama, it's an amazing it's like the book of happiness is here. The Dalai Lama and the Archbishop of uh uh, he's, he's South Africa I, I forgot the name it's it's, it's, it's it's amazing amazing fantastic book and, and the Dalai Lama's like look why do I help a lot of people why, do I, why am I the way I am because it feels good and it feels healing it's a wonderful right. sensation you know that's and, right and, and what I'm what I think about when I think about this I think about the East okay you look at how much you know yoga meditation spirituality a lot of that is from the, the Middle East and the Far East that influence, you know, when it came to sort of the 60s and all this, you know, you have yoga and I know you're an avid uh, pra uh, yoga practitioner, you know, you love it as much as a lot of us, do. like it is, uh, yoga is a beautiful thing. What do you think the influence the East has on it and the, you know, comparing the Eastern um, psychology versus Western psychology? Well, I think there's, you know, the tradition of mindfulness and I think that mindfulness now is being, uh, taken up in the West more, but in the realm of science. So I think that psychology now is moving much more into the realm of science. Uh, one of my areas of expertise is in anxiety. And so my next book, God willing, <laughs> will be uh, on anxiety treatment. And so we're looking at how the brain is wired and we're looking at the physical structures of our brain. And so that has its origins in mindfulness and being able to look at the brain as something that can change. So when Freud was practicing, Freud, Freud said that he wouldn't really even work with somebody in middle age because he said that they were just too fixed in structure. And now we know, wow. we know empirically, we know from, from, from technologies that the brain changes all the time, that until, until we leave this planet, that, 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 that our brain can change and grow. And so it's looking at how our brain is wired and how we can rewire them. And I'm also a believer in psychopharmacology. You know, I think that that psychopharmacology in terms of medications okay. have a place, have 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 a have have a place. Now, are they the end all be all? No, I don't think anything's the end all be all. I think that mental health issues are very complex and very nuanced and so the your treatment approach has to be complex and nuanced. Mm. Everyone looks wants a silver bullet, right? Yeah. Everybody wants that quick fix. There yeah. isn't any. Yeah. Really. That's the hard pill to swallow. Um, right. I mean, you know, I guess a lobotomy could be considered <laughs> a quick fix, but we don't do that. We don't <laughs> we don't do lobotomies. And we don't want to start doing lobotomies again. Yeah. So so but I do think you know, I do think that we need to look at these issues in their complexity and so my work and one of the things that i talk about in fragile power is how we have to look at the human being on three significant levels of their being okay. the first is the intrapersonal what's my self-concept what happens internally in my brain the second is interrelationally how do the impact how what's the significant relationships in my life and then the third is social culturally yeah. and so we have to place the human being the person in their cultural frame 
in their religious frame, in, in their family, in their community. We have to look, we have to take all of those factors mm -hmm. into consideration. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that way of thinking. I was going to start, I was, I've purchased the book and now I'm waiting for it to come, but I think it's, uh, it's called Itaki. Have you seen that? It's the, 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 the Japanese, uh, the way of Japanese living. That's the, the psychology and philosophy behind it. Oh, right. The simplicity and yeah, the, the simplicity. focus yeah. Yeah, and the yeah. elegance. You know, I think I, I'm a firm believer in editing, editing, editing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we live in, in fact, I love the image behind you. It's such a beautiful yeah. uh, edited image. So, and we were talking about this before we, we had this conversation. You and I were chatting a bit about the power of Instagram mm. and how I think I love it is so edited and it's so visual and you know even though you can hashtag it to death but, yeah. <laughs> but just which we both power, do so which we both do uh, <laughs> so maybe that's our goal maybe that's our mission we can sort of edit yeah. our, our yeah. hashtag exactly yeah. um, right. <laughs> I think one thing that I am very curious about and a lot of other people are is you know because a lot of the demographics now for you know these terms of sort of self-help and psychology is young is young people i see that demographic growing and, and being one of those these individuals you know what advice do you have I, I will say for you know young people now but especially targeted towards you know young men because i would love to see that i don't think you know everyone is oppressed okay everyone is going through things i don't want to single out you know men in the situation but from the platforms that i see um, and that I want to directly influence because I'm more susceptible because I'm a man. I understand the issues more when it comes to young men. But advice for young people in this day and age that may want to get into psychology or philosophy, may want to learn more about themselves. Because I've seen it, you know, I've talked to people recently that are more interested into these sort of things. And where would you lead? Where, what would piece of advice would you say for young people to take in this realm of this very difficult time right now? So I would say um, slow and steady wins the race. And so the gift of one of the gifts of this field is that age suits. So the, you know, the older you are, the more life experience you have and the more perspective you have on life and perspective is critically important in psychology. I would say formalized training is critically important. One of the things that I've seen in this in my field is that you have a lot of people who are motivated to go into the field through their own issues mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know they try to work out their own issues in in the practice and it's and so so having theoretical foundation understanding the important theorists who've come before us so mm -hmm. Part of my P, large part of my PhD program was in Eastern philosophies, mm. and so I studied Eastern philosophies. I also studied feminist theory mm. uh, in my PhD, and my dissertation was grounded in in feminist theory, which looks at the power differentials in our society and how those have a negative effect on our emotional well-being. And mm. so there's really rich information, and and so 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 to get. A foundation and then always be thinking about how can you add to that body of literature yeah. how can you add to what's currently existing how can you take your experience and 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 through an empirical lens advance the thought leadership in this field mm. be a thought leader be a creator create new knowledge mm. based upon <clears throat> based upon what's out there the journey is extraordinary the journey is is rich and healing and 
terrifying and frustrating and all of these all of these emotions it's it's the richest journey that i feel like i've been blessed to be on so um so yeah um and have patience and and um and be thoughtful yeah and be kind fragile power um if, if you're comfortable with sharing i would love to know where this passion for helping individuals this body of insight you know came from when it came to you as a kid growing up and you know if your family if you are comfortable to talk about it if not we can move on uh, please don't hesitate you know um but i would love to you know at least for you your your childhood growing up and your family's influence on you and your beliefs where what, what was that yeah, it's. I mean, it has a profound impact. I mean, it's guided me throughout this whole process, and it's enabled me to continue on when things get stuck or I get frustrated. It's been this journey of, you know, I, I like I said, I grew up in a middle class family in Maryland, yeah. um, and so I never felt like I fit into my family of origin. I always felt like a bit of an outsider and. I was constantly striving for my place in the world. Like, where do I fit in? Where where can I be seen and validated? And so my father, bless his heart, um, may rest in peace, my mother as well, had a lot of financial insecurity and grew up in a, <clears throat> my father grew up in a house where his father was an alcoholic and were immigrants from Germany and would start businesses and lose businesses. And so he internalized this sense of scarcity and the sense that that the world was an unsafe hostile place and that was passed on to me and so my journey had always been trying to find my place in the world from external markers of success so i majored in economics in college i went to law school thinking that that structure that external marker of success would validate me i did very well in law school mm-hmm. editor-in-chief of the law journal judicial clerkship for a state supreme court judge went to work for a fancy law firm uh married a woman who was a doctor so from the externals of my life it was all tucked mm-hmm. up it was all tucked in pretty well except for it was totally inauthentic. i created mm-hmm. this totally inauthentic life and so i woke up after i was in this law firm for a couple of years looking at the trajectory of that world and thinking oh my god this is terrifying Mm -hmm. this is not what i want (laughs) and so all those pieces fell apart basically i got fired from the law firm and i was i was basically just thrown out into the world my parents were not giving me any support and so i had to find my way and um you know, it was really through self dis- this hunger for self-discovery, this hunger mm-hmm. for finding a meaning and place in the world. And then I went into the realm of philanthropy, and I worked in the environmental movement. <clears throat> My last job was with Greenpeace International in, in Amsterdam, and um, working on environmental issues. And then September 11th happened, and then I had an existential crisis. And then I asked the universe, what is it that, that you want from me? What What is it? <clears throat> that I should be doing, um, thinking that it was a thing, thinking that I should go to medical school, that I should become a doctor, thinking that I should 
I don't know, do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. <clears throat> and the message that I got back from the universe, not immediately, it took, mm. it took some time. Yeah. The universe, yeah. has, universe has a way of not ask, answering yeah. as, as, as quickly. I'll just knock on the door or, and be like, hello, what is it? <laughs> exactly, right? Where's the DHL package <laughs> um, with the answers? <laughs> and, and, that, that, and, and the message that I got back was that <clears throat> you're passionate about the process of self-discovery and, and psychological growth. And then once that, once I had that clarity, these doors started opening up. I was actually in therapy and my therapist said, have you ever thought about going back to school and getting a master's degree in psychology? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, but actually now I, now I, now I, I, the idea, so I yeah. <laughs> it was a brilliant idea. And so I, I went to Antioch, which was a very progressive school and it was very experiential and we had to do all sorts of things that really challenged me. And I worked with HIV positive transgendered sex workers at a free clinic in Hollywood and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that expanded my horizon. And then I moved to New York and then I decided to do a PhD because I had always personally struggled with money and success and power. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me, let me look at this. There's something yeah. here that I really want to sort. So I did that, and then, you know, then the universe has a way of giving us. Uh, when we are in our right lane, the universe has a way of 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 opening and giving us ways to go. Like I said, not as quickly and not as clearly <laughs> as we would always like. Mm -hmm. But if we are aware and if we are asking the universe, what is my next step? The universe provides. Mm -hmm. That's what I connect so deeply with Young. When I read Young, when I read, read these collective unconsciousness pages, I was like, yes, this is what I firmly, very firmly believe in. I think, I love the sort of, the, I love the Sikhism look on, upon life. It's sort of, God is everything that you see and you cannot see. It is just all around you. It's not, you know, a, that's right. A guy up there that you ask for things when you're in, you're in a time of need, you know, I thought, you know, that's not how it works, you know, and, and having an open mind is essential but I love and I, I love that outlook on life because it's just it gives you peace of mind you know people you, you can't see so much you know Young's gate diagram um, was was amazing that sort of the conscious and unconscious and they link you know through ways such as dreaming that's what I love about dreams you know I've recently yeah. been to tell you more and more people about how dreams can really reflect upon your daily lives one of my friends i'm not going to name her but she knows who she is she you know i would we analyzing our, both of our dreams and she mentioned one like she said you can't analyze this dan i was in a i was in a car with sean sean mendes and i was eating a cucumber she's like what the hell does that mean i was like that i don't know i'm afraid but majority Freud would have a field day with that <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was There's like, a lot of phallic symbols. I'm just, just gonna let it go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I think if I said that, she probably would have uh, hit me. Uh, but no, <laughs> yeah. I I love it. I absolutely love it. I have an incredible keen interest in learning about myself. There's for me, it's just something that uh, you know can't. It just give, it gives you so much satisfaction. One of the fields I'm interested in now is personal training because I think psychology is an amazing thing, but I don't know if I could study it because it does go very, very deep. And I love health and well-being. I love yoga. I love you know, mindfulness. And I think, you know, I've been told before that I'll be a good coach because of motivational factors. You know, you 
getting into this role and, and being a role model and a leader for a lot of people do you think that came from somewhere did it come from a, a parent or relative or was it you know a calling you know on yourself i remember young saying that there was countless examples in the book but you know some things just happen and there is no explanation for it the likelihood of it happening is so minimal and the fact that it happens with no explanation is a beautiful you know just you know it's luck it's absolute luck like do you think it's synchronicity from... yes yeah, synchronicity Junk, is the term. Yeah, right, yes. that's right yeah. Do do you think yours comes from that, or it comes from a place? But you know, one of one of your parents, God bless, one of your families, you see, and you got that from and developed unconsciously over time. No, I think it's it's internal. I mean, I spend an enormous amount of time in self reflection. Every morning, I wake up and I just journal, and I think, I ask God to show me how I can be of maximum service in the world. And I don't really think of myself as a leader. I don't think of myself. I just, I think. Um, I think I've just been very privileged to be in a place where I can spend a lot of time thinking about being on this planet. Mm. Like, and, and this is not, and not having, and being intentional with my life. I think there's incredible power in intentionality, and that's one of the mm. things that I'm focusing on now, and the importance of our decisions, and our, you know, that our, that our life is, is the summation of decisions that we have made throughout it. And so, being intentional about making good decisions, yeah. um, whatever that means. I mean, what I think that means is I think those means decisions that that have a sense of altruism, that aren't focused on self-absorption, mm. that are conscious about making the world a better place, that are come from a spirit of abundance, that come from a spirit of generosity, um, and not getting caught up on the reciprocation of generosity either, right? I mean. Yeah. You know, I think we can, I can, I find myself devolving into, I did X, Y, and Z for you, you should mm. do it. You know, that's that's a very dangerous place right there, right? It, you know, just doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Yeah. And, and by the way, the right, for me personally, doing the right thing feels a lot better than doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And we know intuitively what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing. We're sometimes pulled by society and by culture to do the wrong thing because because we celebrate celebrity we celebrate wealth we celebrate power yeah we give it an enormous amount of power when you were studying eastern philosophy what do you think is was the biggest difference between western philosophy and eastern philosophy well, I think it was the Tao in particular, and in terms of thinking that we are the unity of the universe and that we are one with the universe. And so it's respecting the planet that we're on and integrating with it and not dominating over it. And I think that that's the main difference between the West, that in the West we feel compelled to dominate over our environment in particular, and we feel the need to dominate other, over other human beings. Um, where in 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 the east there isn't there's this there's this integration you know and i happen to have the privilege now of living in during the pandemic i'm not in new york anymore or london i'm i'm here in southwest colorado and there's a very deep native american tradition in terms of honoring the world the the, the natural environment that they live in and being at one with it as opposed to to competing against it because 
man versus mother nature mother nature's gonna win every time yeah. I, i'm not every I'm not, single time every single time and yet can't seem to get that in the east yeah i hope we get it before it's too late but you, that's that's you, you that's the, the primary difference because you said the west yeah yeah okay. sorry i, get confused. Yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. got confused out there, so. yeah yeah i get confused a lot yeah, so, yeah. Welcome yeah, to the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. But that's why the importance of this way the shows the importance of human relationships, right? Because yeah. we can kind of like recalibrate that's each other. So, well, I don't know. Mm. Wait a minute, Hochmeyer. That's not. That's not right. It, it's it is is a fi- It's a, so fascinating. I think of you know the importance of traveling and learning. I think that's one thing that I would love to get your insight on is traveling. When I when I was young, I've, I was very privileged enough to travel to a lot of places, and that is damn humbling when you go to cuba and and visit people that live in the mountains with the wonderful you know animals that they have you know and the the simplicity of life or whether you go to thailand and see people that you know there's no there's no money they're living on these these almost rivers you know on the river these shanty towns you know these things are incredibly humbling and it makes you show a lot of it's, it's 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 sympathy empathy and care it's you know i don't look at at them in a way and like oh it's amazing where i live it's like it's beautiful that you can be happy and satisfied with 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 what we think is so little do you think traveling was like a quintessential part in the way you you know that who you are as an individual definitely i definitely think so you know i was privileged when i i finished high school in costa rica Mm. Central America. I was 15 when I went to Costa Rica, and and I think particularly as a white privileged male, looking at the world from another perspective, where you're not, you know, the dominant culture, and you do have a view as an outsider, that's critically important. And then um, when I worked at Greenpeace, I, I traveled all over the world and different cultures, and I lived in Europe, you know, and 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 so and being an expat is a profound experience, you know. I think like being out of your culture and being an outsider is is a incredibly valuable experience i encourage everybody who can to live in a foreign country for at least three months just to get that experience of of having that perspective of being othered um so yeah so it definitely changed my perspective Mm. on the world in a in a in, in a very important way and it enabled me to cultivate compassion and empathy and understanding and connection feeling like yeah. connected to other people yeah did you majority of the time did you go by yourself or was it with, with, with individuals i always went by myself yeah i mean i went to costa rica by myself and that is i'm an introvert i'm not a i'm not really like a pack guy i mean i you know i try to be more because but i you know, I'm I'm kind of a I'm a I was born in the year of the tiger, mm. so I consider myself a no, bit of a tiger. I know you're a Virgo. I know that. <laughs> I am a Virgo. Right. Young, Virgo. Right. I saw actually right you know in in the basics of young, the author was actually speaking about how there are more and more actually studies and, and a little bit. Do you do you think that you know when it comes to star signs, that's you know because a lot of people it's 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 it's, it's like marmite you love it or you hate it you know what do you think about star signs do you what's your stance on them 
You know, it's it's a projective exercise. It's like what Jung talked about and Freud talked about in terms of projection. And we project, we create, we put meaning on these things. And I think the fact that we can create meaning or we can on something makes us more intentional with our lives. Yeah. So it gives us a sense of place and a sense of order and something to work towards. Because look, the world is overwhelming. You know, like our psyche can't absorb all of the stimuli that we present or we're presented with. Mm-hmm. So we have to be selective in terms of what we 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 choose. And I think that the importance of astrology, I think the importance of you know, year of the tiger and all of this. I can read what it means to be a tiger and I can say, Oh right. I see that or I see that and then it makes me more intentional about about living my life in a way that's consistent with the things that I resonate with. Yeah. And then, and then I have the power to reject those that are inconsistent with what I have. It's all about the creation of self, isn't it? Mm. And being intentional with our life and not reacting. And not being who the world or society or who our family tells us we should be. Yeah. Because for me, that didn't end very well when I, when I listened to those messages. It wasn't until I really began to trust that I could be who I was called to be that my life began to have incredible meaning and purpose. Mm. That's a way with words, man. A, a way with words you have. And I, I think I, th- I think the uh, experience in journaling and uh, you know journaling and reading. At least that was for me. That's improved my like speaking. You know, amongst a lot of people. You know, it's it's, it's journaling. It's it's reading. It's writing. Uh, you know, Ryan Holiday said history is so important because it always repeats itself. Right. And you know, one one thing that's hard, very hard to you know, because I've, I've I've been friends with people that have been very cynical before when it comes to a lot of these things. Because of mindfulness, traveling, teaching the East, I've had people that have been very cynical in my life, and it's very hard to get along with that and to and to develop that you know spiritual connection with someone that really doesn't you know, have a positive outlook on a lot of things. And what really helped me was humility and reading. And I think that's what they all have in common is that, you know, yoga, mindfulness, exercise, whatever your way of, you know, just whether it be escapism or just getting some mindfulness, there's all, like I said, it's figuring out the self. Sometimes I'll have a really rough day and all I've got to do is is just watch a comedy, you know, just watch a little bit of, whether it be Dave Chappelle or a little fun TV show. Those things can completely change my day and you know getting some more positivity on my social media feed because that's what young people we can't really do very well is that we grew up with these social media things when we were very young so we had these outlets that we can we could abuse and that's what i love when i look at people from your generation or even the generation before you guys it's that your relationship with phones and internet and, and culture it is you guys did not abuse it because you grew up without it so when it came into your life it was a tool it was you're now using it for what it's meant to be used for it's very it's very like it's hard to balance it you know i was told by my therapist to, to uh allocate time in the day to, to you know, go on social media for example because it's very addictive now that the culture of the internet is becoming more it's attention based so it's the 15 10 15 seconds do you think the influence of these fast paced whether it be tiktok or instagram you know the influence of these is is positively or negatively affecting them or you think it's a way of just balance it's chaos and order 
I think it is what it is. I mean, I think when we first invented the telephone, people were aghast, you know, <laughs> that we're not going to have to go over to our neighbors. And, and so I think that everything has a yin and a yang, there's a balance. And so, like we talked about earlier, it's enabled us to connect to each other um, and to have, we're having a long form conversation right now. You know, we're having probably close to an hour conversation here. And so I hope that people <laughs> will hold people's imagination. I hope that they're not doing sorts of things or, or tuning us out. Um, it, look, it is what it is. And so our attention spans are shortening. Um, but but there's always going to be a hunger for long-term, you know, long-format content and, and deeper conversations. Um, so I think it's a bit of both, you know. Look, when Instant Coffee came out, certainly hasn't hurt Starbucks business, right? People mm. queue in line for hours, it seems, to spend an enormous amount of money for a fresh brewed cup of coffee by a human being. And so there's that human connection. So I'm optimistic. Uh, I think that the, 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 the issue with this technology is it's, it happens so quickly mm -hmm. that our psyches and our yes. central nervous system hasn't really been able. If we look at the Industrial Revolution, if we look at the printing press, right? If we look at the cotton gin, if we look at those technologies, they occurred over a long period of time and our psyches had a long time to integrate it. But I'm very optimistic that because we are so adaptive, we're such an adaptive species, that we'll sort this out. Mm -hmm. Will there be will, will there be some negative fallout? Of course. Yeah. You know there will be. But that's why we have to be intentional, and that speaks back to the, intention, the importance of intentionality of our life, using it in a way that creates connection and that enriches our experience and doesn't diminish us. I believe in media. I, I, I think that, you know, I'm very cautious about the media that I put into my psyche. Yes. The shows that I watch, the, the media. I can't deal with reality television. I just, mm -hmm. it's just so... <laughs> Base and no, 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 I try. The Kardashians for you. I, you know, and I, I, because I think there must be something here. Because look, mm. I'm the exception here. People go crazy for this, mm. um, but I watch it and I just feel it makes me feel sick. <laughs> and I, I, I physically have a physical reaction to it. I can't do it. So, so I don't put it in my. So I make yeah. it so I'm intentional and I don't put it into my psyche. Mm. You know, during the pandemic, I. I really had to be very careful about, I can't watch things that spiral down to death and destruction. Yeah. I need redemption. Yes. You know, yes, I need, yes. I need a story that has redemption to it mm. because that reflects, that reflects the human experience that I want to manifest in my life. You know what I find is the, so I'm a huge nerd and fan of TV and film. I absolutely love it. I definitely in the future would love to, you know, not only to write, uh, you know, books and these things, but also definitely uh, movies, TV shows. I <clears throat> have been looking at some of the most critically acclaimed top shows, you know, of all time. You have Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Sopranos, The Wire. What I see the common link between all of these sh shows is the importance of, of psychology. Sopranos is literally about a mobster and a therapist, you know, like. Right what i it's so powerful because it has a, a chance for you to relate to the individual i can relate to tony soprano not in because i kill people and stuff them in the truck no you know but in the terms of the anxieties and struggles he's facing as a father 
you know, as someone that's trying to find his place in the world, you know, Don Draper is an excellent example too. Someone that has, like you said, higher successful, all this and all that, but that just wasn't it for him. All of these have very rich, deep psychological meaning. And yes, yes it may not be the most optimistic ending, right? But you know what's more, you know, the most important thing is that they're better than when they started, right? Yeah. What's some of your favorite? Well, and it's, it's the journey. No, I think, I think you've mentioned it. I mean, I do think that there's some, there's really powerful shows and they tend not to be the most commercial, although those shows were commercial, mm-hmm. huge commercial successes. I think that there's extraordinary storytelling. Yes. It's as old as time. And that's how we made scripture. If we, yep. if we look at the, the Quran, if we look at, you know, if we look at, it's, it's, it's all about the power of storytelling. And I think that Hollywood in particular has, and Bollywood and, and wherever they all have the, the power, but I like when it's used responsibly to tell a story that has meaning and that has purpose and that people can use it to integrate it into our lives. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I was just, I just finished watching hacks, which is mm. a new show on HBO. I don't know whether you probably, you may not have, you, you may not have it over there. I think it's, it's very well done. It's, 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 it's a comedy, it's comedic, but it mm. shows, I like shows that show, the multi-dimension of the human experience yeah um and that's that i just finished binging on that um uh yellowstone was another show in america that's that's Mm -hmm. that's critically important they're they're not critically important but it's 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 meaningful in the sense that it it shows the complexity of of human relationships and human experience and the toxicity inherent in power and it's a real struggle you know it's a struggle it just shows the struggle of, of being human and it's done in a very visually beautiful because yeah. i think that being visually beautiful is critically important and, mm-hmm. and and so i think the production values need to be high and i think the visual quality yeah, needs I, to be high you're you're a big fan of cinematography i would recommend um you know i think the there's a great 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 movie called good time have you heard it's with robert Panson. Have you have you heard of that one no. I think you would love it. You know, it's about these two brothers and, you know, it's a bit of a crime, you know, psychological, but it's a great, great watch, great experience because the cinematography is fantastic, wonderful story. Never know what you think of it. A little bit of the indie movies, you know, that A24 is a movie company. They are still indie, um, but, you know, I think they're going to blast up into the mainstream. They've got some things in the works that, you know, look like incredible. Um, but, also, let me know when you need to, you know, run off. Give me, you know, please don't be afraid if you need to. You know. Well, no, I think we're right, we're getting it right there, aren't we? We're at the top of the hour, so yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Listen, um, final, you know, you know, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for having. Well, it's been a privilege. You're, it's, it's, you know, it's wonderful that you're on. It's wonderful to know that you're on this planet doing mm. great work and creating meaningful conversations and trying to make the world and our human experience a better, better. But that, from, coming from you, you know, that it really does mean a lot you know learning from you and all of us listening and you know gaining this you know knowledge from each other it's it's a beautiful thing you know are you familiar with the show hot ones where you know celebrities they eat the chicken wings have you seen that <laughs> no no, no that's were, one that i did you were like I, that it's 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 a talk it's an interview it's a bit of 20 30 minutes long uh, celebrities eat hot wings and they get interviewed it's hilarious what they do at the end of the um video is that they can you know plug whatever they want 
uh, so you know you can advertise so you know imagine this is that to moment if there's anything you want to say to the people you know things you have coming out soon future books you know anything you want us to check out you know mention it you know take it away Oh, sorry, my hot wing. I'm just, just finished my hot wing now. Okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, now you can promo everything. Go. You know, <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm really not that, I'm not so good on the self promotion thing. Yeah. I, you know, if you get the chance, pick up the book Fragile Power and mm. have a look at it. And I hope it will challenge you in a way that will expand your thinking about human beings and, and understand the importance to look beneath the, the labels of other to connect to the humanness. And since we talked about Instagram, you know, have a look at my Instagram <laughs> account. Uh, I'll, I'll put uh, everything there. Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. Um, I have a complicated surname, but you'll, mm. everybody who's listening to this is plenty smart enough to figure it out. <laughs> so, and I don't really, you know, I don't, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. take a look at the book and take a look at the Instagram and continue to follow you because oh. you're, you're, you're a real light in the space. So thank, thank it's a privilege to be a part, be here. Thank you so much. We'll have we'll have round two. Round two coming soon. Thank you so much right. for being here. God bless yeah. you. You know your family. I appreciate you being here. Um, thank you guys for watching. You know, have a wonderful day. Look after yourselves and uh, take care.